We are the I have to say Baruch Mechayam Mekima myself. Yeah. <laughs> but uh you, you should know you should know that I miss the radio more than the radio missed me. But uh but this is Simcha Cohen back with Nisim. And we are on the radio. And you know something? You know something? I have to tell you that that life gets busy, but I have to fault myself that I don't stop for the important things and something that I have to really work on. This is something I have to work on. To be able to stop for the important things is not always so easy. But uh, Baruch Hashem, Zachiti, I'm lucky and I'm here tonight. And so much I have to say, but I can't say everything because there's not enough time. But I had something that occurred to me yesterday and I thought about it, so I wanted to share it. And I am not a very good speller. I don't spell English very well. And I always thought that the word victim was spelled V-I-C-T-O-M. But anybody, I'm sure there are a lot of fourth graders, fifth graders, and everybody out there knows it's really spelled V-I-C-T-I-M. That's victim. So I always say when a person has a problem and a person has a challenge, they can make a choice to be a victim or a victor. What is that? If you want to make it get to you and you want to let it get to you, then you're a victim. Then you just let everything get to you and you... And you want the world to feel sorry for you and you want the world to take care of you. And if they don't, then you get upset. Or you can be a victor. A victor is somebody who overcomes, says, you know what? I am going to look away. I'm going to overcome. And I'm going to, I'm going, I'm not going to let this win over me. So when I looked at the two words, because Spellcheck corrected myself, corrected me. And I said, oh my gosh, victim is spelled T-I-M, okay? And victor is O-R. I am, okay? If you want to be a victim, it's when you think about everything, I am. You think about everything about yourself. I am this, I am that, I want this, I want that. It's all about me. It's all about me. But if a person thinks O-R, okay, the word or in English language, the definition in the dictionary for the word or is used to link alternatives. Meaning, when you put the word or in a sentence, it means that you are going to give an alternative. You're going to give another way of doing something or another way of looking at something or another thing. So it works out perfect. If you're a victor, if you want to win something, you have to look at other ways of doing things. You have to look for a new way to solve it. You have to look for a new way around it. You can't look at the I am, like victim. I am sad. I'm broken. I'm upset. I'm I'm bothered. You can't look at it. You have to look at, okay, what else should I do? What else can I do now? And the truth is, that is really, really what we have to think about. And that's what we have to think about. So, 
that's just a thought that I thought. And it's really interesting that you can find Emmet in the English language too, but there you go. Anyways, so uh, last week's parasha was like one of the most difficult parashiyot for me. Anyways, I just don't understand parashat Maraglim. It's just so hard for me to understand. But you know what? The whole, whole meat bar is hard to understand. But we can't really figure out what Kali Yisrael is going through. Uh, it's a difficult, difficult trials. Now, I, 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 I just think that we need to, we need to like really understand because the the core of human nature we're only going to understand from the Torah. That's the only place we're going to understand. Now, I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to say that we have call in at seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight, and I'm going to say you can call in. Because the truth is, I'd love to hear from somebody or anybody or everybody. But you never know. Maybe I finally come back to the radio and someone's going to call in. The number is 718-683-5858. And uh, we'll take calls and we'll try and see if we can discuss something. Or also can text us. Or you can text us. And text us 347-927-8398. Okay. You can text us so we can uh, see what you have on your mind. I can't see you. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I know you're here, but I like to say, I look at Nisi Magachizuk. There's a screen in between. I like looking at screens. But um, there's an unbelievable uh, Soporno that says, that, that gives an unbelievable lesson by Moshe Rabbeinu. It's such a such a such a unbelievable thing by the mitonanim when Kali Yisrael comes to ask for meat. Moshe Rabbeinu starts getting upset and he says to Hashem, "You know what? They, they want meat, and I'm not." He starts saying, "And I'm not good for them." And he "You put me in charge of them. You don't put anybody to help me." He goes, and if that's the case, what do you think I'm like their mother? So I should take care of them, and if not, then kill me. It's like, whoa, Moshe, a little dramatic over here. Like, kill me? They, they asked for meat, okay? It's like, what, 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 what? So Sephorno says something along these lines. And I, I heard this from a sicha from Rabbi Goldman in Chafetz Chaim. And, and, but he says that, what does it mean, first of all, am I like a mother? So he says, Abba and Ima, okay, to have a certain unconditionality and love to their child. And and this unconditionality, this the the, the the mother and the father have to take care of their child. This is what they feel. And if mother and father don't they aren't able to take care of their child, then they're not doing their job. Then they're not fulfilling their job. And if they're not able to fulfill their job, then then they don't have any purpose being there. But that's the definition of a mother or father. So Moshe Rabbeinu was saying to Hashem that you designated me to be Manhig, this nation. And apparently I'm not reaching them. Apparently they're not getting how much I love them. Because they're going to test me and they're testing me. Because the truth is they had meat. They had cows. They had tons of cattle. They wanted to, they could have shocked the meat. Like, like, hello? They needed chicken? Really? You got beef. You got 
the truth is, my father liked chicken more than meat because in Yerushalayim they had tons of lamb. They didn't have chickens, but but so he says he says if you, if I'm not reaching them, if they're not understanding how much I love them, and they don't see how much I care about them, then I'm not fulfilling my purpose. If I'm not fulfilling my purpose, then give the job to somebody else. Whoa. And he says, and if you're worried about pigiman, my kavod, don't worry about it. So the havana from this is unbelievable. Moshe Rabbeinu, who is the leader, the navi beyond all navi'im, and he's sitting there and he says, my job is to convey to Am Yisrael that I love them. To show Am Yisrael that I care about them. And if I'm not getting that message across, then take me out of the job. Because that is the job of a mechanech. That is the job of a person who's teaching Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu was the teacher of Torah to Yisrael. If I'm not able to give it over in a way that they understand that I love them, and they're still testing me, then I'm not fit for this job. And that said, anybody, any person who's in a position of giving over to another person, and I'm not just saying mechanchim, saying parents, saying friends, I'm saying I'm saying partners. If we are going to tell something to somebody and we're not going to be to convey to the next person that I really care about you and they're not getting the message, then the message is not going to be getting across. Then you're not fit for the job. Then you shouldn't be the one to tell. Because if a person doesn't feel that you really care about them, then it's just not. It's, it's, it's not. And, you know, this is across the board. And the biggest test of this and the, the people that get this the most are children. They pick up so clearly. They have this pure radar that tells them when someone cares about them and tells them when someone doesn't. No question about it. And it's it's just unbelievable. You know, I, the, the most beautiful thing happens to me. I, I started praying a certain minyan. And one of my motivations for this minyan is this is a minyan where the the rebellion of the special needs kids, these oh. Down syndrome kids, they bring them to this minyan because it's a little bit later and it's more relaxed and not rushed and people aren't running. And I love to pray with these neshamot because I get such chizuk when I see these unbelievable rebellion. Who sit and say brachot with these kids? They put tefillin on these kids, and they don't get the sipuka nefesh of a kid asking a good question or a kid learning. But they're doing it of mitzvot in of the zulat of the next person. So one boy out of the clear blue sky, how he picked up my energy, I have no idea. Sits down next to me, puts his tefillin, holds it out. Yanni, could you help me put on my tefillin? So I said, of course. So I put on his tefillin every day. This boy, Am Zochet from the whole bit in the dress, 
He walks over to me, asks the Rebbe, do you mind? He goes, I'm so happy. Mm-hmm. And he picked me, no words, no communication, just a smile, just a pat on his cheek. I tell him he's a tzaddik because he is. And you know what? That's what it's about. If we give off energy, if we give off energy, then it comes back to us. It comes back to us. And and that's that's what we need to think. As, and it's very difficult when when a teacher or rebbe or parent is stressed about things. It's not not so not so simple. It's that simple. Yesterday, I was in a really bad mood. Somebody upset me, and I was going to show and say, you know, I just don't feel like going to show right now. I just want to go home and dive at home. So I went to show. And you know what? I went to show. I spoke to Hashem. He was waiting there. <laughs> and I felt, at the end, I felt, you know what? I said, Hashem, you need to, you need to help me. And I, I, I met a guy who I hadn't seen in so long, in Shul, and we reconnected. I said, look at that. These are, this is, this is, it's all, it's all what we look for. It's all what we look for. But, um, that's what, that, that's, that's my feeling. I have a lot more to say, but I, but. <laughs> You know, we're talking so much about it. I would to reach out. By the way, uh, you know, we spoke about last. We had a show two days ago, and uh, they approached us about uh, how to uh, prevent bullies. You know, in the cl- in the class, and I would say that well, I I I know that. Uh, you volunteer many times to go to the schools and talk about uh, and so so, so I, I say that the, 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 to the guy said if you contact us Simcha uh, or will gladly come to this and this we, is calling to the teachers of how to basically to awareness I, to deal I, with with this uh, you know things you so know. I have a I have a bullying program that is very successful. And it's in, in, in it's pikuach nefesh. I'll tell you why it's pikuach nefesh. Because I met a person five years ago. He walked over to me. He's an adult. He said, "Doctor Zimrakon, you saved my life." I said, I, "I felt bad." I said, "I think I remember your name. Maybe you were in a certain school." He goes, "You don't understand. You saved my life." He said, "You did a bullying program in my class." It was a three-day program. He goes, until then, every day, for four months, three kids would take him during recess and lock him in a closet. Whoa. And they told him, if you tell anybody, we'll, we'll make your life miserable. We'll tell the whole school for, for, for four months. And he says, and I didn't know, did anybody tell? And my bullying program doesn't identify the bullies, doesn't target the bullies. It targets one simple fact, that people don't like bullies, but we're all afraid of them. And people don't speak up because people are afraid that they'll be the next victim. So the program talks about groups of people joining together, and we form after three days, we formed a group, 
and we practiced everybody together saying, stop now, okay? And after stop now, if anything gets, then one person goes and protects the kid that's being bullied. They grab, they go, they have a, they have a special, especially they go around him, they pull him away, and another two people go and they talk to the bully to try and calm him down. And it's a whole system. He said for the first time, five boys stayed back in the classroom. He said they weren't even his good friends. And he had no idea that they even knew this was going on. And they said, stop it now. And the guy said, what are you going to do? And they said, we know what we're going to do. We're going to stop you. And we're going to be here every day to stop you. And if not, then we're going to go and we're going to tell the principals. We're going to tell we're going to, and we're going to get more people, more people. The second day, they had 10 people there. And it's not, he said it saved his life. Because wow. first of all, he, he said for the first time in his life, he felt like somebody cared about him, like he was important. And and I, I heard from one of the kids who happened to also approach me, he told me I saved his life too. You know, uh, this is a, this why I raised. I said uh, that you're you're the the best, uh, and the, the, uh, the listeners, and if somebody knows something, this can approach us and approach uh, Doctor Rabbi uh, Simcha uh, on on this program because it's very important, and it's connected to the what you say before about the caring. You know, this is something that's very it's it's all together. It's I, I would say it's something that build up because the bully boys. It's, it's not that he's a mean person or something. This sometimes he need this kind of uh, controls and something, this attention, negative attention. So this is something that's very very important to talk about it and to you know uh, take it out of your chest. Many many uh, many of us uh, as as the problem like this, and we we know that's why I'm saying you know. And you know something, I have to tell you, I want to say something. It's not only the kids that are bullied need to get it off their chest. There are sometimes kids that are bullies that can't look at themselves. Yeah, they don't even what, know what yeah. they, they don't know why they're doing it. Yeah. And and you know something? I, I had once a kid who's terrible. And I told him, I said, you know something? I feel so bad for you. I said, because at the end of the day, you're not a bad kid. And you don't know why you do this. I mean, I met his father. I saw why he does it, because his father does it. His father does it to everybody in his school, and his father does it to his family, to all his kids. I said, so that's why you do it. I said, so we could work around it. We could work around it. And you know what? The, the truth is, the truth is, everybody is hurting. Everybody hurts when someone's bullied. The tzibur hurts because it's the time of Adam Re'echa, because you're watching something, you're watching Shvichat Tamim, you're watching somebody be murdered in front of your eyes and you get it desensitized. For the kid that's being victimized, there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse. And 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 the truth is when I was principal of a school, I never identified the bullies, but I would take them for a walk and I'd say, you know, you know what I you know what I hate? I don't hate anything, but you know what I hate? I hate bullies. I said, but you know what? I'm a principal. I could be the biggest bully in the whole wide world. If I want, I can be the biggest bully. I can find a million and one reasons to make a kid's life miserable. But I don't, unless I have to. 
So he said, you're threatening me? I said, why, you're a bully? <laughs> I would never believe it. The other thing is, the other thing is that I think people, kids, are very afraid of changing. They're very afraid of changing. They get used to something and they don't know what they're going to do if they change. What am I going to do? How am I going to heard from one kid? How am I going to get what I want? I said, what do you mean? You can't think of any... The only way you're going to get what you want is if you grab it, you take it, you push someone? He goes, yeah. He goes, what? Otherwise, people are going to give me what I want? I said, you know what? I said, do you think it's worth the risk of a try? So I can tell you in therapy... To get him to, to to talk to me, to get him to take that risk of trying that was the biggest part of the therapy. Three months to get the kid to finally, okay, I'll try. To ask nicely. See what happens. And he did. And I prayed so hard. I said, please, yeah. please, let the teacher not say, you always rude, now you can come nice. You think I'm going to give you what you want? <laughs> the teacher, he had his Ruach HaKodesh, and he said, sure. This is a kid that never asked nicely for anything. The teacher giving out papers. Who wants the paper? You want to do work? Yes, I want to do work, but first, I'll give it to me first. I want it first. You're not going to do it anyways. What are you taking it first for? But you want it first. And so, the, so changing... Is and 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 so it's not changing who you are; it's changing your behavior. The person thinks they're going to change who they are; not going to change who they are. Be'etzem and the Shemayodi doesn't ever change who he is; changes the behaviors. Change the behaviors. You know, I know that because it says that Yaakov should have. Shouldn't have hidden Dina because maybe Dina would have married Isaf and married and been Mahazir him Bichuva. So wait, change who Isaf was? So the answer is that's not who Isaf was. Isaf had terrible, terrible behaviors. Had terrible behaviors. But he was still the son of Yitzchak. He was still the son of Yitzchak. He had a neshama that was born from the avot and the imahot, and he could have done teshuvah. It's not who he was. Who he was, was a brother of Yaakov, a son of Yitzchak, a grandson of Abraham Avinu. But his behaviors stunk. They were horrible. So guess what? A person thinks they're going to change, never going to change the Yehudi that you are. You're never going to change the neshama that you have. Neshama, shanatata he. So that's why I have a question. I say that. So some shmegegi, and who knows where, who did all sorts of avirot, says tehorah he. So what, am I, I'm the same as him? Ding, ding, ding. Yup. Face it. I'm the same as him or her. Yes, neshama Torahi. Ah, question is whether someone takes a neshama, puts it in mud, and puts it down the toilet, and puts it in all sorts of terrible places. It's still neshama Torah. It's covered. 
in garbage. But when Hashem takes it back, it's going to take back the Shema Torah and whatever he has to do to clean it. puts it the Shema Torah. I'm reading a book of the history about Poland before the war. And to me, it was very fascinating because this is a book about a non-Jewish woman who smuggled out around a thousand babies from the Warsaw Ghetto in garbage bags. Oh, wow. And she saved their lives. She would go in as a social worker and she saved them. She'd bring them out and she'd give them away to Polish families. And she kept a bottle, little bottle, with papers. She wrote on cigarette papers their names and where they came from and where she sent them. She kept a record. And she put it in bottles. She buried it under her neighbor's tree. What I found out from reading this was this non-Jewish woman, she said that in her world, in the university where she was, half the people were Jews. They were not affiliated. A lot of them were practicing Catholics. A lot of them were not, they were communists. They were socialists. They weren't practicing Jews, but they were Jews. And they had no connection to anything religious at all. Her her husband-to-be was a Jew. He was shipped off to Auschwitz. But he was a, he was a, totally not religious, totally socialist, totally non-observant, totally not believing, about to marry a Goya, but he went to Auschwitz. As well as all the other Jewish people in the university that denounced Judaism, that didn't have anything to do with Judaism. So what was the message? What was the message for me, for you, for everybody? Message was that Neshama Torah He. That even though it got stuck in a place, Nebuch, these poor people, where they weren't close to Hashem. I say poor people not because of the Holocaust. I'm saying before the Holocaust. They weren't zochet to feel Hashem. They didn't have that, that, that ability to feel Hashem. So, that based on that, you know, but we, they learned a lesson. They learned their lesson. Yeah, I don't know. That's, uh, sometimes it's a, it's a little bit, uh, you know, disappointing that what we have, like, for example, you know, in Mitzrayim, only eighty, only 20% left, you know. And, uh, you know, this is something that, I, I, so, what Rabbi Miller said is, is a sifting uh, process. But guess what? Only 20% left. But I can guarantee you that what we have as far as Kiruv goes, as far as the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Jewish people that go out and try and bring people closer to Hashem. So you know what? This is a phenomenon. No question. And and people that are Jose Bichuva, I, I it's in people just just to the point of Hakarat Hashem, just recognizing Hashem, just just feeling Hashem. I was by, my wife and I were by the Kotel. And 
there was a, a, a group of soldiers. And so what I would do when I go to Israel is I would take a list of names, of their names, and I'd come back to my minyan, and I would give them out to, like, you say, for this soldier, it's, 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 everybody should have a name to say Tilim for. So they, were, they, they, they looked basically chilonim. These soldiers, they weren't, you know, they they weren't there to pray. They were, so one soldier says, eh, I'm not giving you my name. I'm not interested. You need to know. Five soldiers around him. Ma? What are you, Mishuga? What, you're not giving your name to him? What? So one guy says, I don't want to be in your Miflaga. So I don't want to be in your platoon. Is it that you, you, you have the, you think you're crazy enough to say you don't want someone to pray for you? Like, you want to be observant, not observant. You haven't yet Sahara. It's difficult for you, but not to believe in God and not to believe that you need somebody's prayer to help you. You're nuts. Yeah. For that, I went to Martha Machbela for the first time. And I see, because Ham, Ham David Yosef, came out with a psaac for Kohanim that they can go in. Oh, you can go in? Yeah. And he came out with a psaac. So I went for the first time. I would lived in Israel for five years. I never went. So for me, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was rattling to my bones. Like, like it was just something that it took me to the core. I see a chayal, soldier standing there. Sa'ir, very young, the Shomer. So I came out and I was very moved. So I walked over to him and I said, Thank you. I said, Do you realize? I said, I don't know who you are. I said, Do you realize what is who you have? That because of you, thousands of people come here to pray by Kever Avot. So you may think you're nobody. I said, But Hashem picked you to stand here. I said, You have such a Zahut, I said, it's unbelievable. The guy started to cry. Oh, tears. He said, I stand here, I feel like a coat rack. I feel like 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 a like a wall. Come out here. Come out hakla, I think. So that that's like a hat I was I say a hat rack. Kolav. I don't know. It's a hanger, but it's like, it's like a hat rank. The the I forget the word. Not, but he said, "I feel like I'm saying just to hang coats on, like the, like like a hook." He says, "The first person," he says, "You changed my whole feeling." And the truth is, this this is this is the truth. Is that this guy at the end of the day? Whatever he did wrong, we know mitzvah, sar mitzvah is shmura. His mitzvot are shamur for him, and whatever every other person does, never take away from mitzvot. So, so he he gets tremendous char. I I I I'm jealous of his char because that's so easy. So easy. It's, it's like, it, it, some people, we, we underestimate 
and I'm, gonna, I'm leading into something, but we underestimate. I was talking to my son about, he said that a guy, a guy says, you know what, read parallels, you know, in the script of my mitzvah, I want this to happen. They did this mitzvah, I want this to happen. So I said to him, I'll tell you what that's like. You have to be really desperate to make a statement like that. So I said, imagine this scenario. A guy is driving his car and his muffler breaks. And he goes to the gas station. The guy says, it's going to cost you $1,000. He goes, I have to get to this wedding. I need to fix it. It goes, cost you $1,000. He goes, but I don't have any money. He goes, so give me your watch. He goes, this is a Rolex watch worth $43,000. It's like a vintage gold diamonds. He goes, right. You need your car fixed, right? You need car fixed? I'll take the watch. He goes, but that's it. But the watch, he goes, right. You have anything else? That's what I want. He goes, give me the watch for a $1,000 muffler job. I'll take the watch. So is the Hamor going to go give his watch a, a $45,000 watch because he has a $1,000 muffler job? Or is he going to walk to the wedding? Or is he going to say, you know what? The wedding is apparently not that important. If we realize what millions and billions and trillions of mitzvah is worth, and so we need something now to so say, okay, take this car for the mitzvah. I don't know. You have to have... Because you, you have to have like really... Think about that. Rav Chaim Kreiser told, I heard him say the story that he was in the Holocaust. And when he was a Bachur, he came from a family that had wealth. And he was one of the only Bachurim that had a room with a bed and a pillow and a blanket. And there was an Ani used to sleep in the shul on the floor. And the Ani was blind. And he told the Ani, come, I have an extra blanket, pillow, and mattress. Come sleep on me. And he slept, Ani slept in the bed. He slept on the floor through the winter. Till somebody went over to his blind Ani and told him, this Yeshiva Bachar is getting sick. He's coughing. Give him back his bed. So Ani said, what are you talking about? He has another bed. He's in another bed. So he said, no, he doesn't. He's sleeping on the floor. So Ani ran away. So he said that he was... The Nazis had lined up everybody by pit, and they were shooting them in the head, one bullet at a time. So he kept on going to end the line. He said, because it's a mitzvah to live as long as you can. He said, keep himself alive as long as he can. So I remember him saying this like yesterday. He said, I couldn't pray in the schut of my learning Torah because I was a teenager, I was young. He says, I couldn't pray permit tefillah because kavanah betefillah in the Holocaust was so difficult. He said, so I prayed in the zhut of this chesed that I did that I should be saved. In the zhut of this chesed, he said he should be saved. He said, the bullet did not come out of the gun. He fell into the pit alive. He waited till nightfall and he crawled out. Well, then he was in the forest within the same day. And a Nazi caught him. One Nazi and him standing in the forest. And the Nazis pointed a gun at him. 
He said to the Nazi the most crazy thing. He said, it's you and me. Who's going to know if you shoot me? He goes, my people are over there. He goes, you could shoot in the air and I'll be quiet. And the Nazi shot in the air. Whoa. He said there was a third time he was saved, but he promised he would never tell anybody about the third time. He said, because if you would have realized how much power that mitzvah had, he says, maybe he wouldn't have wasted it and maybe he would have died. No idea. We have no idea. You know, we have a, 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 a one dedicated caller that's already 45 minutes, 40 minutes with us, and he wants to say something. Oh, boy. And Hi, it's Laser Diamond. Oh, my gosh, Laser Diamond, I missed you. I know. I, I didn't listen to the radio. I don't know why. I don't know. No, you know, I say, but now we listen. Now you listen. I'm so happy yeah. to hear your voice. How are you? I get your text, though. You make my, every, every Arab Shabbos, I get your text. I love it. Okay. How are you doing, Sadiq? I'm good. You good? Yeah, I'm good. How's the summer plans? What are you doing in the summer? I'm, I'm going to camp with uh, Harmony Church. Beautiful. Beautiful. So you're not, you're going to get out of the city. What are you going to do? What am I doing? I'm going to be missing my family that goes up to the mountains. And uh, I'm gonna be here trying, trying to, trying to do what I do. But uh, right. it's a pleasure to hear your voice. Pleasure, it's great to hear right. from you. Thank you. Everything's good. Yeah. Harmony. Yeah, everything. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you for Thank calling. You, Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Okay. okay bye bye. So stay online. Okay. Anyways. So, you know what? So, the lead-up is like this. So, this is what I want to say. I don't get frustrated, but I'm going to say something. And I don't even know who's listening. But everybody that's listening, that means that you care. And I want this piece. You could take this clip off the show. You could play it a thousand times a day. I don't care. It baffles my mind. And it confuses the living daylights out of me. How people don't figure out the opportunity that they have in front of them to be marbitz Torah barabim, to spread Torah barabim in the easiest, most simple way by supporting JRoot Communication Network by supporting this network that I am talking on. And I mean, you know what I mean? I don't mean a one-time, like, little, okay. I mean saying that take $18 out of my credit card every month. That's You know what? The, the, you watch TV, and they have, if you do or if you hear, they have saved the children, Okay. The Christian children, $18 a month, cost of half a cup of coffee a day, okay? They say, St. Jude Hospital, save the children. You know what? We are the only station that has child-friendly programming. We are the only network that has child-oriented programming. You know why we are the only network? Because everybody else doesn't do it because it doesn't make money. 
because people don't like to advertise on child shows because children don't spend money. They like to advertise on adult shows. But we don't care. Because we're about one thing. What we're about is getting the job done. I say we. I am so honored and privileged to even consider myself a we. It's Nisim and this radio and the core of what this radio stands for. Is about doing it the right way. L'shem Shamayim. And you want to know something? And this may not be a very nice thing to say. So I'm going to say it in a nice way, which is generally how I say things that are not nice. There are many people who were very generous to control the station. There are many people that would be very willing to come in here and reformat the station and reprogram the station. But guess what? That's selling what this station is down the river. And that doesn't work. The station needs to stay the way it is with an ironclad way of doing things. No politics, no negativity, no agenda, nobody, nobody promoting something, no, no promoting any agenda, just the honest truth of and od milvado that Hashem runs the world. Hashem loves all of us. We are all children to Hashem. Hashem takes care of the world. Hashem takes care of everybody in the world. No bigotry. No 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 racism. No negativity against anybody or anything. Just emet. Just truth. And the challenge is, Hashem put it in your hands. Because guess what? We're doing what we need to do. Hashem put it in your hands. So you have an opportunity to pick up the phone or text in and make a commitment. It's the easiest thing in the world. And if a person is able to do more, it's even matov manayim. But guess what? For some reason, because we don't put up plaques, because we don't build buildings, yeah. and because we don't have great dinners and and, and rewards and, and presentations, chairman of the board. So we <laughs> so so we don't so so we don't get. But guess what? Hashem will give us. And I hope I hope that the beautiful beautiful people that are listening will recognize I'm not giving musar and I'm not telling you, I'm not God forbid putting anybody down. We have most beautiful people, and I'm not telling people that they're wrong. I'm telling people, guess what? Wake up. Wake up and see what you have. See the opportunity. If I was a millionaire, I would have I would have done this I who knows how long ago. I would transfer this studio into the state-of-the-art studio, we need broadcasting around the world because this is the message that the entire world needs to get. Not negative rhetoric, not negative politics. The message the world needs to get is Nisim's show, is 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 the Divrei the, Torah the, that happen all the time, is the, the Simcha of Shabbat coming of Leil Shishi. This is what the world needs. Just the the kids oriented show of 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 of, of Rabbi 
Yitzi herbs. One, what, a, 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 a relic in, in the world of technology where everybody's on their smartphones. You have a man who tells a story better than any TV show I ever watched. <laughs> and, and besides being the sweetest human being on earth. And it's real. And it's real. Exactly. So this is something we need to figure out how to do this. And you know what? It, it's, it, you know, it, my job is to do what I do and Hashem is going to put the right person out there that's going to listen. And he's, he, she is out there. There's one, two, 10, 15, 20 people that are out there that are going to hear my words and it's going to go into your heart and you're going to listen and you're going to say, you know what? This is crazy. There is a Hope Diamond sitting on a park bench in Central Park and everybody's passing by. And so every now and then a big fat lady comes and sits on it for for a week or two. And kids kids play and it's just sitting there and no one's picking it up. And and, and it's half care. If I pick it up, no one's gonna tell me anything. But no one's picking it up. And it just makes no sense. It makes no sense. The only thing I can tell you is because people don't know what they have. Make a cheshbon. Make a cheshbon. That if a person supports yeshiva, and I'm not saying don't support yeshiva. We have to support every yeshiva. I'm not saying a person should take away money from yeshiva. Not at all. But I'm telling you, this is the biggest yeshiva that you could support because there's at any time persons listening is here the very Torah. And if we are limited in how we're able to do it, that means that we are that many people less. You know how many people every time I say, what happened? Where are you? I'll tell you where we are. We have to have a certain amount of money to be on HD radio. That's where we are. We reach a goal of $300,000. We can be on HD radio and we could be functioning and you will hear us for six months. In that six months, I guarantee you, we could raise the finances and sell the advertising and we could be self-sufficient. That's our goal, 300000 It's not a huge goal. We come to think of it. If everybody breaks it down in their head and do some math, it's not a huge goal. People raise much more. But you know what? You know what? It's very, it's, it's very funny. Because there's a marathon in Muncie for kids with cancer. It's run by a non-Jewish organization. Okay? They do a marathon. They raise, and this is like big news for them. They go bananas with it. They raised $30,000. Huh? <laughs> Bike for Chai, one of the smallest people raises $30,000. They, they have groups of people raise, raise $50,000. You get sponsors, they have groups of people. They get sponsors, they raise all together. I don't know, say uh, some organization here yeah, two weeks ago, a million dollars. A million know? dollars. A million dollars. And in and, and, and college, I had a, a young lady who wasn't Jewish, and she went to Reform Temple. She comes back. She says, who is JNF? 
I said, Jewish National Fund. Why? She goes, they had an appeal. They raised $500,000 for this guy. I said, it's not a guy. It's an organization. Then she came back after Kippur for IDF, Israeli Defense Force, this Reform Temple in New Jersey. They raised $750,000. She was in my church, Catholic Church, in Maspeth, Long Island. They pass around a basket. The guy who owns four McDonald's, who's like the richest guy in the neighborhood, he gives 20 bucks and everybody like has a schism. Like, woo! And 20 bucks. We're Jews. This is what we do. We are hot wired into Hashem's Midata Hesed. We feel it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was walking down Coney Island Avenue and these two Nabach women walk over to me, not Jewish women. Can you please help us? Give us money for food. I said, sure. I said, sure. She says, my wife, my sister's diabetic and we're homeless. We have no money. So I gave the money. So I said, I'm very happy you walked over to me. I said, thank you. I said, but on Coney Island Avenue, you walk over to everybody? It's like, I just like, what are you doing? They said, no. We, we we know the Jewish people are very kind and generous. What a kiddush Hashem. Kiddash Hashem Shamayim. What is a chut? That she sees a person with a kippah walking down the street. She's not Jewish. And she's clearly not Jewish. She has a cross around her neck. And she knows that the Jewish people are generous people. She asks me, I'm going to have Rahmanut. I'm going to give her. She didn't ask me for a dollar, a nickel, a quarter. She needs money for food. I gave her $20. Because Tsar Baalei Chaim, I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah. And I, I said, I'm a shrink. I know when it's telling the truth, not telling the truth. I saw, I saw that they were telling the truth. So what is wrong? I'll tell you what's wrong. People are not aware. I guarantee you, to anybody that's listening, you know what? Tell the next person and the next person and the next person. You just text in your desire to donate. It's so simple. Text in 347-927-8398. We'll hook you up. And if you know somebody, you know, just, you know, and most of us not, uh, you know, wealth, but if you know somebody that really want to participate and join and take a share for this world and next world, and really spread Torah, and uh, as many, many rabbis said, this is the largest yeshiva in the world. For sure. And, and I would say the Dedicate outlet. your site. You'll, you can dedicate a yard site. We can have a whole day dedicated to the Nishama of a person. You pick a day, you dedicate, and we'll talk to you. You have all the mood before and after every show. We'll say, Ilu Nishmat. And if you want, but I can tell you, if you want, you can even give us a bio about the person that you're memorializing. You know what? I was in, I was in Shul this Shabbat and I couldn't believe it. A very good friend of mine, very good friend of mine. I asked him, I told you, your site. So he, he, he goes, he tells me today was the day that my grandparents went to Auschwitz. We know we marked it down. So this day, he told me the whole story. He said, so this is something to be memorialized. 
Story should be told. A family of Jewish people were pulled out of their houses on this day and were sent away and they were separated. And what's the story? The story is that this person's mother was a young girl. She went on to keep Torah and mitzvot, to marry a Talmud Chacham, to have a family of children in America, to build a Shalshelet, to continue an aim. I don't know, a 12-year-old kid that sees their parents pulled away, who goes and hides and sleeps outside in, 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 in the bushes outside of his shul, in the freezing cold, almost dies from pneumonia, till someone picks her up and schleps her half dead to work camp, to slave camp, where she was until she was liberated. I don't know. Would I have the stamina afterward to go and to keep Torah mitzvot, to stay a teenager, to get married, to marry Tamichacham, to raise children, all from Torah mitzvot? I think that's, 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 that's insane. It's miraculous. So, Everybody has a loved one. Let us tell your story. I don't see a better investment than that. I don't. I don't. And you know what? You call up and you say, how much does that cost? I don't know. I don't know because guess what? We don't run like a business. We don't run like a business. Unfortunately. No, fortunately. Fortunately. Because we're going to get it anyways. It's going to come anyways. You know what? I heard from the Slavot, from the Panovich Rev, who was a big fundraiser. So he said, How come by Aremiklat you have to have signs all over to go to the Aremiklat? says, Because, Rashi says, that Hashem doesn't want people who are going to Yermiklat, who are Betzem, Rotzchim, the murders, to be asking directions. Someone says, oh, where are you going? And going here. Oh, you know, oh, I accidentally killed somebody, blah, blah, blah. He says, don't want to talk to the guy. Just get him to where he's going. Halas. Aliyat Regal Yushalayim. The whole Klai Yisrael is going up to Yushalayim. You think pandemonium, confusion? Probably the biggest pekakim in the world. You think you should have signs? Yeah. No signs. Why? This, he wants them to ask directions. So, we're not like a university in Utah that some old lady kicks the bucket and leaves $15 million to the University of Omaha. I don't know. Nebraska. Or uh, $100 million to Harvard. Happens all the time. Yes. But we have to quetch for the money because we need to be on the radio screaming this message. So you got more than you bargained for. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just, you know what, before we just finish, I know that you guys get text, you know, I need advice to dating as soon as possible. Dating? I dating. Uh, okay. We can talk about uh, that next week. Next week. Next week. But call in. Yeah, I call, like to speak yeah, to people. But yeah. It's better to call, but you know, really. I think dating us. is a good thing. Yes. Call Getting us. married is a better yeah, thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are, you know, we have uh, 40 seconds. So Okay. Thank you so much for listening to me. And I hope everybody takes to heart what I said. And I really, I have confidence in 
our listeners. Don't think you have to give millions of dollars. Start a flow. If we start the flow, then Hashem will open up the gates. And let's see what happens this week. And we'll announce it next week. Yeah. Be'ezad Hashem. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, Dr. Simcha Cohen. Shavua Thank tov. you, Shavua Tov. And uh, Mazal Tov again. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. We was missing you a lot. Missed being here more than you missed me.